Today we are looking at Psalm 47, which is a psalm about God being on the throne. And one of the things I love about this psalm is that it reminds us that no matter what we are going through, we serve a God that is seated on the throne and there's nothing that can shake him off of it. And so when we are facing uncertainty in our lives, in our country, in politics, in the news cycle, in our finances, in our relationships, God is on the throne. I pray that today is an encouragement for you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are studying Psalm 47. This is a psalm that was written by the sons of Korah. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing to Him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations, God is seated on His holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. So Psalm 47 is called an enthronement psalm, which we will see more of those in book four of the Psalms. Remember, we're on book two. But Psalm 47 is a good example of a hymn. It has been called an enthronement psalm or even a Zion song. And it's not so much a declaration that God has already begun his reign or that he's become king. 
Instead, it's a declaration that he is king and that he does reign. So the enthronement psalms, um, what you would see a lot in the ancient Near Eastern context was a ceremony when a new king was enthroned. And so, you know, of course, we know that God always was on the throne. He will always be on the throne. So while this might have kind of like the flavor of an enthronement song, it's it's different in the sense that it's celebrating his reign that is unrestricted by time. And it's not constrained by geographical boundaries. It's not like he's only king over Israel. God is simply on the throne. And so it's a little bit different than the way that the other cultures at the time would have like an enthronement ceremony. Um, But this is similar in that that was something that that culture was familiar with, was this celebration of enthronement. And so... Psalm 47, we'll see, it alludes to Israel's act of worship. Um, It talks about God ascending amid shouts of joy. But these are celebrations of God's reign being timeless. It's not like, you know, there's just a season that, that God is reigning in Israel. In Psalm 47, we'll see that we have two historical references. One is to Abraham in verse nine, and one is to Jacob in verse four. And so if you remember back to Genesis 14, Abraham appears to be in the company of God as the most high. Elion is is the name of God that's used there, the most high. And so the other significant patriarch, patriarch meaning the fathers of the faith, uh, Jacob, he comes along with the information that Yahweh loved the quote unquote, the pride of Jacob. And so we're going to talk about that too, but it's an illusion that under the conquest of Joshua, where it says, um, he subdued the nations underneath us and the promised land, which was our inheritance. There's this idea that, um, the backdrop of this Psalm is the patriarchs and the psalmist is really kind of summoning the nations to clap their hands and shout to God joyfully because of the way that God has consistently shown up for Israel and provided opportunity for um, defeat of the enemy, defeat of the way that the um, opposition had come against them. So um, there's a couple historical points that I want to point out that I think just might be lost on us because this isn't the kind of culture most of us have. Most of us, even if you live like in, in England, you know, the, the queen acts differently than, than the ancient Near Eastern Kings. And so I just want to point a couple things out that I think might be helpful. In verse one, uh, clap your hands, all you nations shout to God with cries of joy. This idea of clapping your hands, um, the clapping of hands was part of the ceremony that accompanied a king's coronation ceremony. Um, you see it uh, with Joash in Second Kings, I think it's chapter eleven, and so it's it's really claiming Yahweh's kingship. It's kind of giving credence to that. And so the verb that's translated as shout, it's talking about this high staccato like sound either of an instrument or a human voice. And so it's really talking about this ceremony that is part of the coronation ceremony. And it's Israel really kind of sitting in and saying, God is on the throne and he is, he is the king over Israel. In verse three, it says, he subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. And this line is echoed 
And it's a historical allusion, this is what I was talking about, to this conquest under Joshua. And that's when God delivered Canaan to Israel as the inheritance, so the, the promised land. And so the placement of enemies under one's foot is a common theme in the Near Eastern texts. And, and it's referring to conquering the land or, con- or defeating the enemy. In verse 4, he chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loved. And so choosing our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, in this phrase, the pride of Jacob, that word pride, it literally means heights. And so a related word is found in Psalm 46, what we, which we read yesterday, where it has the sense of rising up. In the NIV, it calls it surging. And so here it refers to the rising up, the surging of Jacob's land. And it's talking about, when it's talking about heights, it's talking about the mountain it's almost like a spine that extends from Galilee all the way to the Negev. And so a parallel term to our inheritance in the previous line is, is it's basically referring to the land of Israel. And I think I, I completely missed that. But the first time I read this, I just, I don't know the topography of Israel. I hope to one day, I hope to, to, to go and uh, have a better understanding. Um, but I think that's something that we can easily miss where it's talking about this allusion to it's alluding, not allusion, alluding to Israel and the inherited promised land. In verse five, God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord among the sounding of trumpets. God has ascended amid shouts of joy. So when David brought the ark to Jerusalem, it was accompanied by shouts and trumpets. And an exact quotation from 2 Samuel chapter 6, where it talks about the trumpet, um, the trumpet would have been made from a ram's horn. And I don't know if you realize that. It's kind of neat. If you, you can Google it, or maybe I'll put a picture on the website. But the ram's horn, were what they what they would have used to... Um, proclaim shouts of joy or to announce battle, the trumpet would have been the actual ram's horn, not like a trumpet, like a brass trumpet, like what we would see today. And then going into verse five, um, really five through eight, if this is more enthronement terminology, um, in the ancient Near East, this was one of the most important ceremonies, this ritual, the ritual of enthroning the king and um, establishing all of his symbols of office each king in that culture would have a symbol and that symbol typically would be used almost like a signature so they would even have a ring like a a signature ring where when they were signing something they would put their ring down into the clay and it would make an impression and that was basically the stamp of approval from the king And so that was all part of this ceremony. And so what we're seeing here in five through eight is this ceremony language. Verse five, God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Also, when it talks about ascended, that's likely talking about a procession up to the holy mountain because that's where God's temple and throne were located. And then in verse 8, it says, God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. When it's talking about God being seated, the Jerusalem temple was this early, earthly palace of God, and the ark was the footstool of his throne on which he was seated. And so the posture of sitting is really suggesting that God is ready to issue commands 
or dispense judgment. And so you would see this frequently in um, the art of the other ancient Near Eastern countries. Um, there was just this custom of kings and deities sitting for official duty. And so, for example, um, you know, you probably have seen it on movies where the king is sitting there receiving people that have come to pay homage or to give them a portion of their you know, the yield of their harvest or whatever to deal with an issue, to make a decision. And so this posture of sitting is, is this idea of God being on the throne, ready and willing to rule his people. And so we see that in other ancient Near Eastern cultures. Um, and so this is, again, very similar to this, um, this piece of enthronement him that we're, that we're talking through. And then in verse nine, the nobles of the nations assemble as the people of God of Abraham for the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. This verse is important because it's talking about the nations assembling. And so this is really referring to God keeping his promise to Abraham. It's a fulfillment that has already begun way back in Genesis 14 because what's really happening here is it's it's referring to the Gentile nations. And so Jewish is is typically there's a separation between Jewish and Gentiles. Jewish would be God's chosen people, the Hebrew people, and then the Gentiles are everything else. And a lot of times what happens is uh, the Old Testament is seen as a Jewish document, whereas the New Testament is seen as a Gentile document. And I'm not saying that's what I believe. I'm just saying that's a lot of a lot of uh, people believe. And it's kind of why a lot of times in Christian churches, we don't hear a lot of preaching and teaching from the Old Testament. And if we do, uh, most of the time it's isolated or it's to back up a New Testament idea um, because of that reason why there there was this separation between Jews and Gentiles. But this is one of those cases where we can see the inclusion of Gentiles in the Old Testament. And so normally the Gentile nations would fall outside of the the covenant, the Abraham and the Mosaic covenant in the Old Testament. And so the salvation of Gentiles is usually considered um, kind of like a latecomer to the Old Testament theology even. And so we don't know exactly when this psalm was dated, when it was written, but it is more developed in that sense uh, of including the Gentiles than most of the other psalms. And so this psalm is clearly addressing the nations and it's including them in a quite striking way, because as it's talking about the nobles of the nations and assembling the people of God of Abraham, it's talking about this idea that the Old Testament is a heritage for Christians and for Gentiles, just like it was for, for Jews. And so what that basically is saying to us is that God is sovereign over everything. God is sovereign over the whole world. And I love that because not only for Israel's history, we're looking at Israel as this tiny blip on this huge map, but essentially this psalm is saying that God is sovereign over all of it. And even even in a culture where they excluded themselves from Gentiles for the most part, they're still saying that God is sovereign over the Gentiles. And one of the things I could not help but thinking 
about when I was reading this psalm is a worship song that we would sing in one of the African countries um, that I learned years ago. I don't even know what it's called. We call it Mambo Sawa Sawa. And, and it's, it goes Mambo Sawa Sawa, Mambo Sawa Sawa, Yesu Akinwa Enzuni, Mambo Sawa Sawa. And what that translates to is things already better, things already better. When the Lord is on the throne, things already better, already better, already better. And I love that because it helps us focus on this idea of the Lord is on the throne. He has always been on the throne. He is on the throne now and he will always be on the throne. And so if we take this perspective of the Lord is on the throne, things are already better when we look at things through that perspective, there's nothing that we can do to knock the Lord off the throne. There's nothing that our culture can do to knock the Lord off the throne. There's nothing politics can do to knock the Lord off the throne. And when we have this perspective that the Lord is on the throne and, and the, the example we see in Psalm 47 is that we are to praise him because he is on the throne. Things already better. We can, we can change our perspective from one of temporary and circumstantial to this bigger picture of the fact that we have a sovereign God that sits in this posture of ruling and reigning as king, ready to receive us. And I don't know about you, but that gives me great comfort, especially in seasons where I might not feel like he is as active in my life as I is either I want him to be or the way I'm understanding him to be, but yet he is on the throne. And so I just picture God sitting on this throne with arms open saying, Rachel, what can I do for you today? I love that picture. And it's not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles, it's for all of us. And so I'm going to reread Psalm 47. I hope that those insights are helpful to you. Starting in verse one, clap your hands, all you nations shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. God, we praise you because you are on the throne. The God of all nations, the God of all people. God, you are sovereign. You are a king that was that is and is to come. Lord, we thank you for this picture of you being seated, ready to reign in our lives. God, help us to remember that in moments that we don't necessarily feel your presence. Help us to remember that you are on the throne. And when the Lord is on the throne, things already better. God, I thank you for your word and the treasure as it reveals your heart for us to us. I pray for my friends today that they would have a clear understanding of how much they're loved. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 
Hey friends, I just want to let you know that we have lots of great resources for you in the She Hears shop. So if you are looking for something to do after you finish the She Hears Bible study, or even if you would like a Bible to go along with the Psalm study that we're doing, we have lots of note-taking Bibles and journaling Bibles. There's kind of something for everyone in there. And a new thing we put in the shop is something I love. I use it with my teenage daughters, is the real pretty Bible books of the Bible markers. So you, they're little tabs you put on the outside of your Bible and they help you easily be able to see and flip to different books of the Bible. It's so helpful like for church or when you're doing a Bible study to easily be able to see where you're going. So I pray all those things are resources that you will find helpful. And again, you can find those at shehears.org on the resources page. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.